Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hot today. It's it's somewhere in the Midwest, and it's a terrible, terrible thing. <laughs> we went we went swimming on Sunday. It was fun. And the kids were playing in the yard when I came over today. And they, uh, they, they were they're playing their favorite game. Uh, run up Daddy's water bill. And uh, they were doing very well at it. I mean, they were, I think they were winning. The actually, yeah. the win the <laughs> run up Daddy's water bill game. We have some new neighbors across the street, okay. and they have three kids oh. who are, are involved. You know, it's a you know a blended family. Like she's divorced and he's divorced, and they all have kids. And, it's a pretty bunch. Yeah. So, uh, so they were all over playing, and they're like, "Can we buy the house?" And I was like, no, it's almost bedtime. And they're like, that's exactly why we should get to do it. And I was like, ugh, fine. <laughs> so, you know. They were, they were having fun. Yeah. As opposed to us. hate <laughs> watching. Um, well, so, well, hang on, folks. This is Apocalypse Now, and I am yes, Tim. I'm Dustin. And uh, the Walking, Fear the Walking Dead is uh, back in June. There's yes. a couple weeks off. And in the meantime... Because we like we we like to to have human contact. We do. Dustin and I record when we're not actually watching the Walking Dead shows. We record. We watch other shows. Mm-hmm. We've watched Teen Wolf. We watched Preacher. Yes. Uh, now I suggested um, an option. Two options. I said we could watch. We could hate watch The Mist because The Mist is a hate watchable show. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who have not seen The Mist, this was was it Stars? Uh, no, like. Oh gosh, I don't know. Well, it's what, what it, uh, it? Uh, it was well, like. Oh, Spike! It was on it was Spike. Spike. Okay, yeah. So it was the um, absolutely. Well, it's it's bad. It's a Worst. bad adaptation uh, of Stephen King's The Worst. And adaptation. so, so we're hate watching it, which is which is something that we actually enjoy doing. Now, I also suggested Santa Clarita Diet, the which second we season. Really is out. liked. We have not watched the second season together and talked about it, and so I'm like, we we can watch that, and Dustin's like, no. no. We will be watching The Mist. I'm like, okay. He goes, come over, we'll watch two episodes. And I'm like, oh dear. Well, they're it's, short. They're short by, by TV standards. They're yeah. only 40 minutes long. Like, there's... Um, no, they're 40 minutes long in actual measure-the-clock time. Yeah. They're 120 years long mm-hmm. in bad pacing, um, long, drawn-out scenes that have no real bearing on anything... I, we've watched, what, four episodes this of the show we've so watched, far? We've watched four episodes. And I've been watching this, and I basically have determined that, that based on these four episodes... What? Maisie the zombie dog has a thing to say. She didn't like this. She didn't like no. this. The kids watched an episode, because this is the first episode we watched was episode number three, and I had Tim come over early at eight, uh, and we the kids were still up, so they watched an episode with us. And they were like, even just having seen one episode, and all being like children, legitimately children, they were like, wait, wait a minute. (laughs) Why? If that guy raped her, why is she still talking to him? Well, and there's nothing... The show is is simply not scary. Let's, Let's make this very, very clear here. The... You you pointed this out. The cast actually is a really strong cast. Uh-huh. There are a lot of really talented people in this show mm-hmm. who are working with some really not good material. And whoever edited this show needs to chop about half of the story out. Right, and that's why I felt comfortable you watching two episodes this yeah. week. Because essentially what we watched tonight was the equivalent of one episode of, like, Fear the Walking Dead or Evil yeah. Dead. Yeah, well, and I don't even know if it's that much. Because, I, okay, so so here is, in the nutshell, the problem with this show. Um, nobody seems to have thought about anything. Right. There's, and I'm, I'm not talking just the characters who are full of decisions-making mm-hmm. abilities that don't actually take into account anything, but the people who created the show... 
And you look at who created the show, and it's actually not like people we've never heard of. There's some actual like people involved in the production of this show that are actually, you know, skilled at doing this. They've made TV before. I don't know how it got to the point where this stuff actually got aired with people looking at it and going, yeah, this is going to work. Mm-hmm. This is a good plan. Well, see, here's... And I think this happens with a lot of, of, of genre TV, and especially shows like this. Um, they sold the idea. Mm-hmm. They went into a pitch meeting and said, it's The Mist, except instead of two hours, it's ten hours. And then somebody at Spike says... Actually, you you probably mean like eight point five commercials, and we're like, yeah, well, we'll round it down to eight. It's eight hours. It's the mist, except it's eight hours. And they were like, awesome, you're on. And then they had to be like, oh shit, now we have to stretch the mist out to eight hours. <laughs> the same thing happened with Lost, in my opinion. Oh yeah, no. They were like, it's a plane crash, and the island is spooky. They sold the concept, but then they didn't really have anything after that. Well, but at least with Lost, you had interesting characters most of the time. Lost was yeah. an engaging... The first ten episodes of Lost are extremely engaging television. Uh-huh. The first four episodes of the ten episodes of The Mist, which is canceled. For those of yeah. you who are hoping for season two, it's never no, coming. It's never, yeah. Uh, because it's terrible. And basically, you know, the first four episodes is not engaging television. Mm-mm. It is full of characters who do things that don't make any sense. Full of characters who do things that are frankly impossible. Uh, full of characters who do things that is not how you do things. Right. That is not how you hotwire a car. It is especially not how you hot. Okay, so. <laughs> so, on the list of things that that's not how you do it, that's not how you unlock handcuffs. With, even with a. You, could, you can unlock police handcuffs with a paperclip, it can actually be done. But it take a trained magician, a trained escapologist, will be looking at two minutes, maybe, if they're really, really good faster than that. Not ten bloody seconds. Right. Uh, and or or that's not how you hotwire a car. Especially, especially a car that is made prior to circuit boards being in cars. No, after. Because remember that's why it wouldn't work. Well there's no no circuit boards inside. Yeah. So um, No, that's why it wouldn't work, because all the cars that it had electronics right, yeah. weren't working anymore. Yeah, but even so, physically, physically, it's not how you hotwire mm-hmm. a car. So, for those of you... But they didn't want to show... She didn't even show her hands. Well, that's because she was sitting straight up. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know how to hotwire a car, I'm not going to tell you how. Um, I will say that there was an incident involving a bulldozer, mm. and it's not the same thing, by the way. It's okay. much, much easier to hotwire a bulldozer. But perhaps I've said too much. Anyway, um... But to actually hotwire a car, that's underneath the console. She's like, I can't, I, it's not working. It's like, because you're not anywhere near where they keep those wires, lady. Oh, oh, that's not how it works. Yeah. But anyway. Um, well, there were some, okay, so let's, let's start. <laughs> how do you recap a show where nothing actually happens? In segments. Okay. <laughs> so there's three uh, basic storylines of The Mist. Uh-huh. The church, the mall, and the idiot trying to get to the mall. Right. So, um, at the mall... Okay, actually, all the people are idiots. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's start <laughs> Let's start with the church, because okay. the church would actually be the easiest one to do. Well, the quick... Uh, um, Short version is that the people who are trying to get to the mall start out at the church. Right. And Well, they start out at the jail, and they get to the church. We, well, they're at the church at this point. Yes. So, uh, Kevin... Who's the dad? Yes, dad. Uh, and he is not a fun. Uh, he's not fond of the sheriff. The sheriff, who is Connor. Yes. And Connor is a power hungry asshole. Right. Well. And it, well, at least at least in his dealings, as far as I can tell, his interactions with those around him, he enjoys being on a power trip. Yeah. Uh, there are moments later in the episode which seem to develop a certain amount of depth to the character, although it's the word certain amount mm. I think we'll come back to. Right. Um, he has got our drug addict girl. Mia. Mia. Um, our amnesic soldier, who is Brian. Brian. And uh, 
because Brian came running into town a couple episodes ago. Yeah, he's the one who saw the mist first. He woke up with amnesia, saw the mist, and came to warn the town, and of course the police arrested him. Right, because that's how it works. Um, Mia actually is a drug addict. And a murderer. And a murderer. But um, she's also a semi-sympathetic character, or at least she's supposed to be, um, even though she's the resident snarky bitch. Right. I think that part of, like... I act, yeah, I think my, Mia is one of the characters that you I enjoy the most on this show. Um, even though she's addicted to pills, capital <laughs> P pills, um, not anything specific. All the pills. She's yeah. on pills. She's on the pills. Um, anyway, uh, she's a nineteen fifties drug film. Yeah, she's you know you, you can hear the you can hear the projector flooding. because she's but she's a because she's a while she is a criminal. And I actually, like, when I watched this the first time, trying to suss out what her backstory was, mm-hmm. like, where how she got to the end of the situation. Because she starts the show tied up in a barn about to be executed gangland style. Right. And, like, fights her way free, kills the guy who was going to kill her, and then is... Arrested for trespassing. You could, the the actual comments we had about the previous, the first two episodes of the Mist are are, if you scroll down the podcast listings mm-hmm. wherever you find us, uh, you can find them, and they aren't any more. Gee, this show's starting off well. No, it was just like, what the hell is this from the beginning? Right. If you're asking yourself why we are hate watching this show, well, part of it is low self esteem. <laughs> Part of it is a general desire to inflict pain on others, and we take it out on each right. other, because Dustin can't take it out on the kids. That's no. just not right, and I have a cat, and that's just mean. Mm-hmm. So, and that's all that Dustin and I have, because we're alone and sad. But, um, also because we kind of enjoy hate-watching things, because yeah. we are critics, and... It, critics criticize yeah, things. And, and, sometimes and it's when you find something that you really like, and you have to pick out the things to criticize... That can be kind of hard, but when you watch something that you really don't like and finding things to it criticize, can be kind of fun. it's kind of fun. M- Mia and Brian are are uh, are chained to the pulpit at the beginning of the show, right? And then Kevin goes up and tells Connor, "I need to take these two to go." to the mall to find my wife and daughter. Right. And, and Connor's like, why? Which isn't really actually... A, a legitimate question. Why do you need... But really, he's like, look, there's safety in numbers, and he, I, if he would have gone with the... you, These people are expendable to you argument, instead of like, instead of being like, you're a dick, why don't you just let me take them? I think he might have actually gotten through it to him. Like, look... I w- I'm going to go, why don't you let me take the people that are expendable to help me mm-hmm. uh, make this happen? That might have gotten him somewhere, but he didn't. He was like, no, Connor, why do you have a problem with me? You're a dick. And, you know. well, not, and admittedly, Connor is a dick. But the, the instant conflict between these two is mm. just like, hi, doesn't matter what it is, we have to fight. Right. So uh, Connor says... No, mm-hmm. and 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 because you're a dick to me, I'm going to throw these two in the basement. Right, and so they do, and he takes them downstairs, takes uh, uh, Mia downstairs, and locks her to a pipe with the handcuffs, and then uh, doesn't handcuff uh, Brian at all. Right, but so Brian goes through uh, some of the boxes in the basement, and Mia's like. Um, can I have my coat? I'm cold. And he goes, no, just take mine. And her, by the way, her coat is like three feet away. It's not yeah. like, it was not actually be hard for him to go, sure, here's your coat. No, no, here, take mine. And then she's like, no, no, really, I need my coat. It's like a safety blanket. Yeah, I need, it's thing. gotta be my coat. And he hands her the coat and then says, were you looking for these? And he holds up generic pill bottle. <laughs> the pills. You wanted the pills. And she's like, oh no, I'm busted. And then he pulls out the paperclip that he was looking for. And, and he hands her the pills and says, you know... You know I hope this helps. And she's like, what do you want? And he's like, nothing. And he unlocks... In the course of this, like, ten-second-long conversation, he unlocks the handcuffs. And I'm like, no. See the previous comment about, you can't do that! Uh, but right. then they're like, you know, he's explaining that he doesn't want anything and that he's lost his memory. 
And he could be gay. He doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's so dumb. Like, yeah. Anyway, so uh, meanwhile, and she uh, cries, and they have a bonding moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but was it Jabila who said? Was it Jabila who said, uh, "Daddy, is he Hinegar?" Yeah, <laughs> it was like, no, that's not Hinegar. Yeah, and so meanwhile, the little kid Aiden, who is the gay best friend of Kevin's daughter, his name's Aiden, right? Yeah, uh, yes, Adrian he is. He is like uh, clearly, clearly the devil. Yes, he is an evil child. Uh, he and Kevin are like, we've got to get. Got to get Brian and Mia out. We've known them for a whole two, whole day and a half, but we're they're like part of our team, so we have to get them before we can go any farther. And uh, and so uh, Aiden like basically tricks the priest into he gaslights the priest. Yeah, I just like, <laughs> let me just say that one more time. No, let let me not. That's just wrong. He asked to be baptized, and yeah. um, we'll talk about this in a minute. I have, I have real real problems with religion in the show. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, he goes to get baptized, and I found it to be a very, very curious baptism. Right. Um, and it's just, he's a priest, which right. implies Catholic or mm-hmm. Anglican. Those right. are the two flavors of priest uh, in, in the Christian tradition mm-hmm. at this point. Is there another one? I don't. But a no. father is a... And I don't think... That doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. So, uh, um... And he gets the baptism, but it's really, it's a ruse to take the keys to the basement. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's not how you pick someone's pocket. Right. Um, and um, You would have been very obvious to the person. Yeah. Because like, this is not just like five or six keys on a ring. It's like 20 keys on two rings, you know, and he Aiden just like reaches in and pulls it out. The guy, uh, the father is played by Dan Butler, who... He's a really uh, good actor. A very good actor, uh... Uh, has played, he's played priests before, Mm -hmm. and he is, like, he is one of, when he was doing one of his, like, little speeches, like, he gives the parishioners a speech about Judgment Day, like, he thinks this might be Judgment Day, like, uh, he could see him, you can see him struggling, like, fighting so hard to embody these words that he has been given, and to create, to to create moments with the other actors in Mm -hmm. the show, uh, to get across some pathos in this shitty dialogue that he has been given. There's a there's a moment where he does he, he tries to explain uh, faith and and why believing in God uh, how God loves you and, and how how mm-hmm. faith is a good thing. And he uses the Book of Job as an example. And he gives like the uh, Reader's Digest ultra condensed version of the Book mm-hmm. of Job. Which, by the way, if you are a person using to use um, suffering it's the suffering of man uh, to ultimately imbue, show the glory of God, right. of God the book of Job is not actually a good choice I know a lot of people like to use it that way but um, any story where uh, the solution to proving your faith to God is true involves your family being murdered uh, your everything that you've owned being burned to the ground, every every animal around you for miles being killed. Um, this is not. This is this is actually one of the horror stories of the Bible, right? And it's not. And I would argue that the, the Book of Job is not even really even about faith per se. It's about finding yourselves in the hands of God and doing the best you can. Right, and you which, know, which is which is generally speaking, how people don't they don't use that for when they're right. talking about the Book of Job. They, they tend to be using it as you know, it's like they haven't actually read the book. What happens, read, like, like you know, when the worst possible things happen to you, you should always have faith. No, no, and it's not even that because I mean the teachings about the Book of Job that I have experienced have been, you know, more about. The, the why do good things ha- or bad things happen to good people mm-hmm. conversation that people have. Yeah, the problem with that with the book of Job, though, is that the reason it happens to Job is because God goes, I'm going to do it to you. Well, I mean, it's deliberate. It's not like a, it's not like a, the world you know, happens this way. It's, the book of Job is probably the oldest book in the Bible. Oh, sure. Um, and it dates from a time 
when even in Judaism it wasn't monotheistic. Right. So it's been it's like the whole conversation between God and the devil that happens at the very beginning is is basically was was sort of bastardized by the Catholic Church back in the Reformation to create this conversation between God and the devil because it wasn't like it's all it also has to do with the creation of the devil and blah blah blah, blah like the what what Christians think of as the devil it's a whole well, like, sure I mean the, the concept of the, the Satan which is a yeah, title it's God's right. prose- it's God's prosecuting angel right it's and it's not it's not against God it's prosecuting man right and that's historically the, the history of Satan or history of the devil is fascinating stuff. Oh my god! And you know what's so hilarious is that we could probably sit here and talk for a this whole hour about This is a much better idea, Joe, but we can't. We have to we gear back that. to the bits. But the thing is, is that it's it, the the whole scene in using the Book of Job as a, as to attempt to convince a teenager that uh, you know faith embracing bad faith things, and bad things yeah. is a bad bad choice. There are better choices right. in the book and, in the Bible. And Dan Butler is an out gay actor, mm-hmm. and one you know. And so I would have preferred for this for this to be instead of a, you know oh well I got to embrace faith even when bad things are happening the better conversation for for this father to have with a gay teenager would be I believe in a God that believe that that loves everyone equally and that loves you even. You know, but again, we run into the problem that if he's a Catholic priest, which his odds are good because the Anglican Church is yeah. not big in the Americas, he's running into the teachings of the Catholic Church. The Anglicans, less so, although there's some of that mm-hmm. still there. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a the other problem they have with faith in this, and we'll just get this out of the way because it comes back later. Mm-hmm. Is that Mrs. Uh, is it Mrs. Raven? Yeah, Mrs. Raven here, but Mrs. Mrs. Carmody was at the original. Yeah, person who I did the, the, the original bad guy in the in the book in the in the uh, first movie, the, the theatrical version with Thomas Jane. Um, anyway, she is Mrs. Raven is sort of set up as the nature, you know, this is a natural, natural thing, yeah. and she's kind of like a she she's veering into Gaia excess yeah. kind of thing, and there's a setting of this conflict here between religion and nature, natural naturalism and, and faith, uh, or a different kind of faith, and it is. A really, really terrible conflict, and it is also every, we veer from making you know the priest a sympathetic character trying to deal with what could be the end of the world and trying to save those around him to him going zero to sixty to straight up dick. Right. I mean, he's just awful. I mean, because if you just if you accept like okay, so Mrs. Raven is a Again, this you kind of have to parse her backstory together mm-hmm. from, and and she is played by uh, the amazing Frances Conroy, who's never been bad in anything. No, she's fan- she's fantastic in this. <laughs> so she's, the, right, she, she's kind of the only thing worth watching on this show. Um, so you know, you can piece together that she was a stroke victim. She mm-hmm. had a stroke not too terribly long ago. And she is uh, was being cared for by her husband, and one of the things that Mister Raven did with for her was I, my assumption is that the stroke kind of destroyed the part of her brain that that rational helped her with rational thought because he says at one point before he dies, remember the doctor said to watch out what you watch on the internet, like don't get too crazy about watching stuff on the internet because she'll believe it because she believes it because she goes into that that place of. Uh, you know, she's very, very. I mean, gullible isn't the right word. She's, she's susceptible. Inc- susceptible. There we go. Right. And so, if you take those things to be things, it's this woman who has lost the only thing anchoring her to reality. And more than one time in these two episodes, they say, "Mrs. Raven's gone crazy." Yeah, they're not subtle. They're doing it right in front of her. And, and, you know, if. If they had just, if he had just stuck with that, okay, everybody can ignore Mrs. Raven. She's gone crazy. We got to make sure we're feeding her. Let her hold on to her spider. Then yeah. you know. <laughs> but no, that's not what happens. He literally just yanks the spider out of her hand, tries to kill the spider, kills the spider, squishes the spider. This does not end well uh, in terms of. He's not like eaten by spiders. 
yet. <laughs> but um, it does not, it, in terms in terms of his the lesson he's trying to tell, it's a bad. It's a it doesn't work. Because his whole thing was about false idols. Like you're, she's worshiping the spider. Oh yeah, which like, she's not. So they go like zero to religious inquisition mm-hmm. in like. Uh, one commercial break. I right. Mean, it's like, and and we're watching it on Netflix, right? Because there's no mm-hmm. commercial breaks. So it's like, what happened here? Uh, yeah. And that's just it's it's so odd and disappointing because again, like the Walking Dead universe, this show gives no sense of time. Right. Now, part of that I think is supposed to be intentional, and in that the mist doesn't give you a sense of whether it's day or night. Right. But here's the problem with that: is that for that to work. You actually have to have characters recognize, acknowledge, and perhaps discuss every now and again mm-hmm. the fact that I don't know what time it is. Mm-hmm. How long have I been awake? You know, we one reference tonight with a father looking for his son who says he's been awake for two days. So does that mean it's only been two days since the mist rolled into town? Do we know? We don't know. Because how many sleep times have they had at the right. mall? Who can tell? Because it's the most brightest lit mall in the history of malls. No, I have never been in a mall if that had that many windows <laughs> in the outside world. That's not how malls work. Right. But, okay. Malls whatever. are kind of like casinos. <laughs> <laughs> you don't actually want them to... You don't want people to know what time it is. Right. Um, it's just... Uh. So anyway, at the church... Um, uh, Kevin, Kevin and Aiden help Brian and Mia escape, and they escape. They steal the Connor. They steal the Connor's gun, and they oh, yeah. head off on and their own. Adventure. Kevin, like Connor, walks out buckling on his belt because, again, okay, guys, gentlemen, if you go to the bathroom, buckle your belt before you leave the room. So, yeah, he comes out with his buckling his belt, and Kevin's like, "Well, what an idiot!" Punches yeah. him right in the face, <laughs> and Aiden steals his gun, and which no one notices, by the way. Even and, though this is the kind of thing you would no- definitely notice when it happened, right? Ugh. So anyway, they they escape. Uh, so then, since there's no more rational people, <laughs> rational in my air quotes you can't see, uh, at the, the church anymore, that's when they go all Spanish Inquisition on Francis Conroy. Oh, jeez. And they kill her spider that she found that's like, oh, the spider's my friend. And they're like, okay, crazy, just go sit in the corner and okay. talk to your spider. She is acting crazy, but here's the thing. She's acting harmless crazy. Yeah. Now, we did we did not talk about the scene that has... Had, had, would be a very, very good excuse for these people to be rattled and upset and traumatized. But nobody is actually talking about this inside the show. But we need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. She's gets she's been talking to one of these guys, uh, Nikolai, and she's having a conversation with him. And early in the episode, and he's talking about how you know uh, it is this can't be a punishment because I. I I would, I've, I've done been, bad things, and I would have been one of the first ones to die. And she's like, oh, I don't think that's what this is, and I'm going to leave now. It's been nice talking to you. Yeah. And he's like, where are you going? And she's like, I'm going to go home. And he's like, that's not a good idea. And she's like, no, it's okay. And she opens the door and walks out of the church. Right. And, and he, he follows her to try and stop her. And, and earlier it had been established, because he was washing himself in the 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 holy water mm-hmm. uh, that he has this huge tattoo of a moth on his back. Right. And so he is trying to convince her to walk back in the church and a moth flies and flies into his ear. And uh, and then he uh, has this like freak out and everybody comes out to try and get her to come in everybody to get them to come back in and uh, and they all get to watch while he uh, Moth wings sprout out of his back, and he mouth fly out of his mouth, and then he dies. And it is for the briefest of moments. It looks like it could be an actually really kind of cool, uh, scary scene, but the pacing is all wrong. Mm-hmm. So much so that the kids were looking at it, and going, "What is happening here?" Yeah, they like, were they weren't scared. They were just like, "What is going on?" Yeah, and that's not the response. Um, I don't think we should be using your children as barometers for what's scary on television, but since they were there, mm-hmm. this is not scary. Um, I'm raising my kids badly. I know. And so one of the things <laughs> that I'm doing, <laughs> uh, raising them badly, is like, I am not, like, like we're not going to watch movies about drugs. Sure. But if they want to watch, like, they wanted to watch a scary movie the other night, mm-hmm. the girls, uh, did, Cardell was off out of sleepover and the girls want to watch a scary movie and they wanted to watch Annabelle and I'm like no 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 if we're going to watch a scary movie we're going to watch a good scary movie 
And so I put on Attack the Block. That is a good scary movie. Which is a very good scary movie. Yes. And they watched it, and it was Jamila, who was six, and (laughs) Trinaya, who was 11. And there's a scene at the, like, and this is a movie that does not shy away, like, it kills the dog with the first, Mm -hmm. you know. And you know this movie's not going to mess around when they kill a dog. Uh, It is a British movie. Right. And it kills, you know, children. Mm-hmm. And there was a part where a drug dealer gets his face eaten off by the aliens. And Jemila is sitting on my lap. And she goes, that freaked me out. <laughs> like, well, you know, was, you know, like, she was very impressed. She was like, that, that was real scary that happened. And I'm like, well, glad you liked it, baby. And, but tonight she was sitting on my lap. She was like, what is happening with these things? Like, what is going on? No, it, it actually could be kind of a nifty effect. And it, it's a, it, it, I th- there's potential there, mm-hmm. but it's hampered by the fact that they all run back. Run, they grab uh, Mrs. Raven and they drag her back to the church. But it's hampered by the fact that the CGI mist mm-hmm. is really terrible, and the CGI wings once you get into the wide shot are really terrible. Uh-huh. And so it just looks so fake. Um, and I don't know. There's there's something about a scene that it's clearly meant to to be unnerving. And it just unfortunately isn't. But nobody talks about it yeah. in the church after this. Nobody's like, uh, did you happen to see the fact that this guy just sprouted wings? That's not normal. Right. Uh, the f- what all the, all the moss that flew out of his mouth? You know, that's not normal. Right. And not, nobody says it. Nobody's freaking out in the way. And, and Mrs. Raven's kind of like, hmm. So... While she is objectively acting crazy, she also comes across as, like, understandably mad uh-huh. in in the lost-my-mind kind of way. Right. Whereas, um, you know, the priest is coming across as unreasonable. Right. And, and legitimately well, just... he veers wildly between, I'm trying to keep together for all these people and myself, to unreasonable. And in... And in the span of a scene, yeah, no, it's it's and it's unfortunate because we've talked about this before on the show. Is that horror and religion, television, a lot of television and religion is not something that's handled well, right? And in horror, it is often very poorly. We the Walking Dead shows have handled religion very very poorly, in in large part. I, they've had hit and miss, but mostly it has not been particularly great. Um, this show has the potential. And it has like a minute, and then it's completely ruined by the next minute. Right. It's really frustrating. So anyway, uh, that's pretty much what happens at church. Meanwhile, Kevin and Mia and Brian and Aiden get, they make it <laughs> to this car, and it doesn't work. And the mist is a funny, the mist has funny properties. Like, sometimes it's like super thick and kills people, and sometimes it's super sparse and you can walk around in it. By the way, their sample size for these experiences is not actually scientifically valid. But hey, sure, let's go with the idea that it's thinned out, therefore it's safe. Right. Uh, versus thick. I mean, okay, they're making a lot of assumptions here that are, right. that are, that well, are the correct, funny thing, okay, correct for so, plot purposes. So Mia, they, they run to this car to try and escape, and Mia tries to hotwire it in a way that is not Actually a possible, possible thing, yeah. And, and so they're sitting there, and Kevin says, I've noticed that sometimes the myth is really thick, and sometimes it's thinner. We should wait. We'll sit in this car, and we'll wait until the mist thins out, and then we'll make a break for it. Oh, look! The mist is thinned out! <laughs> Literally, that is almost exactly the line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they run, and it's like, I just wanted them to be eaten. Right yeah. There. It was so funny. But what they do is they trip over the dead body of a child. Yeah. On a bicycle. Like, yeah. he must have been hit in the mist in the first couple of minutes and died pretty much immediately. But he's a little kid, not a little kid, like maybe 12 or 13, on a bicycle. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so then they get to this gas station, and they're talking about how, like, all the cars are not working. Like, none of the cars work. Uh, and then the car pulls up to the gas station. that guy give us a ride. And, uh, but then the guy comes in... And he's like, I'm looking for my son. Have you seen him? And they hand he hands them a picture, like it's the kid on the bicycle. <laughs> like it almost, it almost is like they're like, all right, son, I hope you have fun on your bike. Let me quick, let me snap a picture of you on your bike before you go riding out into this mist that's magically rolled up into town. 
<laughs> and then these four take the picture and they look at it. And I hope that none of them are ever. I hope that none of them are ever actually in politics. Right. And say, I don't know, colluding with a foreign government. Oh. Because they would basically be the ones who, they would look at them and go, did you collude with a foreign government? And they'd be like, no, no, no. Yes. And hand the, they had the photo to each like, no. And then they hand it to the next person, and the next person looks at it and goes, no. Why, I have never seen such yeah. a child before. Have you seen such a child before? On a is this a bicycle you speak of? And it's just, and they're so obvious that if I this guy, is, it is impossible for him to not have to look at them and gone right. So where did you see him? <laughs> He's dead, but, isn't he? Yeah, but yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, so they all lie, and and then Mia is all pissed off. She's like, "Why didn't we tell him?" That his son was dead. Maybe he could drive us to the mall. And Kevin's like, "No, we're gonna, we're gonna not do that because I want to, you know, we, I want to convince him. Let me convince him to let mm-hmm. to get it to the mall." <laughs> so, by the way, he uh, he promptly does not convince him with the very very strong argument he could have used, which, which would is, have been maybe your kids at the mall. Right. He doesn't say this for some reason. I don't know why he doesn't say these words. Uh, but they have their We're going to the mall. Why don't you come with us? We'll see if your son is there. And maybe someone else is at the mall has seen him. But no, nobody says this. He instead tries to sit there and go, you know, I got this, this wife and, and daughter at the mall, and you could really help us. And he's like, well, I have to look for my son. Well, you can help us. Find my family? No. And that's kind of the conversation. Finally, Mia gets pissed off, and she goes in, and she's like, your son is dead. We saw him. He's dead. He was on his bicycle. Like, why? It was like right after the picture was taken, <laughs> he was right over. Yeah. You must have seen it. <laughs> and so then they fight over, like, he has a gun, and, and they have a gun, and Bryant goes for the gun, and gets shot in the leg, and then Clay's like, oh no! By the way, none of this has any tension whatsoever. Right. It is, it's like, oh look, they're struggling for the gun, which one's going to get shot? Well, probably one of the, oh yes, it's one of the... the Heroes, right? And uh, okay. And now, oh no, we can't go to the mall. We have to take Brian to the hospital because he got shot. And that's kind of oh, the, oh, and the father lets them have the car. Yeah. And he go, he was going to wander off into the mist because he knows his son is still out there somewhere. He's going to find him. Right. And it is dumb as hell. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I. Don't understand. Anyway, I know it's it's just too easy to sit there and go. Why is this so stupid? So let's go to the mall where things are real stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! So um, Eve and little little buttonhead, buttonhead. What is her name? <laughs> Alex. Alex are stuck at the mall. Is it Alex? Really? Gus Bernie is the name of the girl who plays Alex Cunningham. All right, so there we go. Uh, um, or Alex Copeland, depending on how you feel about it. Okay, so yeah, Alex... Uh, uh, okay, so yeah. Um, even Alex wrote them all. Yeah, with uh, with the kid who maybe raped her. Who Jay. knows? His name is Jay. Um, he is clearly... We're supposed to understand that he's somehow innocent. Well... They are, they are completely painting him that way until the last couple episodes... Right. This episode, however, uh, they try and undo all their fine work with making the you know the ambiguity of the situation exist by having him corner her and go, "You know I didn't do it. Let me touch you and prove it to you." It's like, whoa, 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 back up, Sparky. Yeah. And he gets in like really, really close. It's really super creepy, and in no way is this appropriate. Right. And he touches her, and she's like. Eh. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, you know, she's happy. She's more like, you know, Please oh, don't oh God. Do this. You know, this is this is very uncomfortable and not at all. And admittedly, he's a teenager and teenagers are stupid, I yeah. remember. But at the same time, it's But this also, is smacks of, of gaslighting. Oh, like, it's he's so bad. Yeah. But the, the the reason they have this conversation, of course, is because they're stuck in this mall, which is of variable size and full of a variable number yeah. of people. Right. We do not have any idea how many people are actually trapped in the mall with them. Right, because it's it's got it's got um, it's got the Walking Dead uh, uh, <laughs> community problem. Sometimes there's twenty five people. Sometimes there's fifty five people. You just you just have to you know guess. Yeah, I, it's it's so yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But 
um, nonetheless, they are trapped inside by the mist. And so here's, you know, Alex potentially trapped in the mall with her rapist. Right. This is the person that her best friend has said, told people that this guy raped Alex. And he sa- he tells her, do you remember it happening? And she's like, no, not even. But, Which but is I was- not the argument you use against somebody who's been sexually assaulted. Yeah, I mean, she she was assaulted. There is no question here. This isn't a... St- she, yeah, she went to the hospital and everything. Right, but he is like, well, you don't remember me doing it. And he goes, well, my, my friend saw you. And he goes, he didn't see anything. Again, also, not, not how you defend yeah. yourself. Uh, he goes, I took off your shoes, I put on a blanket, and I went downstairs. And she's like, huh. And that's what he does, the whole let me touch you. And it's like... Okay, what's happening here? Yeah, completely wrong. See, it won't hurt you. This is not how this is not how this should go. And I realize that again, you can use this kind of scene to build tension, and and really, but we're you're either supposed to sympathize with this kid, right, or not. And the last couple episodes have implied very strongly that you should be sympathetic to him in some way. You should not look at him as straight up villain, right. And later, in another episode, like, in the second episode, a girl calls him a date rapist. She's like, if I want, if I want to be, because he's, like, talking about, they're making up new rules for the mall. And he, like, wanders up to some other teens and is like, hey, what's, how do you feel about the rules? Do you want to play some, some catch football? And, and the girl's basically like, hey, if I feel like being date raped, I will seek out your opinion. And she wanders away. And then he gets really pissed and throws the football real hard. Right. You know. So, yeah, it's just, it's so, it's like the people who wrote this don't understand how this stuff works. It's like they read a manual, mm-hmm. and it was written, it's like a technical manual. Right. There's no, there's no emotion or, or empathy here. Right. It's in the right places. But, yeah, it's just really wrong. So, they basically, the, the, where we last left off, there, we saw, there were two dead soldiers hanging in a bathroom. Yeah. That um, oh, and <laughs> that Jay had found. Yes, and so even though he's only like sixteen, the mall manager and the security guard make him cut down the dead bodies. Again, this is not recommended. Right. Kids don't try this at home. Right. Uh, and so then they're trying to figure out what to do with them, and they decide to put them in the freezer. Well, they discover they got the dog tags. Yeah, their their soldiers. Oh, right. And and they're like, oh, well, we have to uh, we have to figure that out. So these they then take the two corpses and they put them in shopping carts. And they take them to the large group of people sitting in the commons area of the mall because bringing out people who've just committed suicide by hanging is always recommended, I find, with large groups of people in a potentially fraught situation that could involve panic. Ignore the way, like, the the soldiers decided today they had to kill themselves at the beginning is, is... problematic like the whole and then like so then they're like who else here is a soldier and this one kid is like oh i better walk away really conspicuously and they catch him and he's a soldier and they're like what are you doing here and he's like i don't know i'm just a private like all you had would have to say is yeah we're soldiers but we're on leave yeah and we stopped in the we're we're going camping we stopped in the mall for some canteens or you know, condoms. I don't know why they killed themselves. There's I don't all sorts know of things why, you, you know, do. but instead he's like, I'm a, just a private, nobody tells me nothing. Which, of course, everyone just lets go and yeah. believes, because, sure. So, the two guys, it's unclear as to the age of the two guys who run the, uh, the gaming store in the mall. However, very quickly we discover that the mall manager hates them, hates them and uh, believes that their store is bringing... The the tenor, the atmosphere, the dignity mm-hmm. of the mall. I'll just say that again. The dignity of the mall down. Well, this is a pretty special store. mall. It's well, got a pharmacy in it. Yeah. And it's got a grocery store in it. This is a mall that's... This is like the best mall to be trapped in at the end of the world coming, I guess. Yeah. Except there are no alarms on the doors. But anyway. Um, yeah, so these two are just... I don't know how their store is, because I don't think we've actually seen it. Um, yeah. We've seen like a screen and, and a video game controller. But I'm pretty sure that these two graduated from the... They're they're from, they're from they're like uh, a National Lampoon oh, movie yeah. character. You know, Van Wilder's The Mist. <laughs> National Lampoon, Stephen King. 
something. I mean, it's they are they're morons. Yeah, they are two of the stupidest, childish. Well, they take it upon themselves to see what would happen if you fed the mist. So they steal the bodies of the soldiers and they push them out in the carts mm-hmm. into the into the mist. And nothing, of course, mm-hmm. nothing happens because mm-hmm. they're dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when nothing happens, why? Did, okay, how did they discover the first time they put the cart? They put the bodies out. They put the bodies out, and somehow they managed to draw the attention of the other soldier who gets angry at them. Yeah. And they start to fight, and then they're like, those are my friends! And everyone's fighting, and they're like, what did you guys do? Yeah. He's like, we're trying to run an experiment. It's a scientific method. And they're like, no! <laughs> no, it's not! And if you, even if you did, why'd you ask us? Well, anyway, this makes the mall manager decide he wants to set up some rules. The rules of the United States aren't enough. Like, the government's <laughs> rules... Are not enough for the mall manager, so they set up some new rules. No looting. Oh, by the way, these rules are voted on by uh, the popularity. It's a popularity yeah. vote for rules. It's it's the majority rules on these on these rules. The rules are rules because the rules are rules, and it's just dumb. It's voted. just dumb. It's so it's so dumb. But one of the rules is if you endanger the group, you get kicked out of the mall. Right, which comes back later. Well, and as these rules are being developed, um, one of the guys who's at the mall, he's Middle Eastern. Uh, well, not only that, Eve and Alex and their friend Kimmy, who mm-hmm. is with them, and another woman and her daughter, they're watching these rules kind of get made, and they're like, oh, this is maybe not the greatest. This seems a little yeah, dodgy. Yeah, m- maybe we're just going to move to another part of the mall. So they decide to move to the loading dock. And then this, this uh, Middle Eastern guy looks at him and goes, can I come with you? And they're like, are you sure? And he goes, I'm feeling the way things are going, people like me are going to be right. probably you know, not welcome. And so they go to the loading dock and set everything up. And so when things get tense, you see a couple of people getting stir, a lady getting stir crazy. Mm-hmm. And the manager goes and gets a bunch of games. Right. And it's like board games. And people are all like, yay, board games. And right. it's like, okay, they're looking for something to do. I can buy that. Like, okay, but... But also, um, there's a bookstore. Mm-hmm. Nobody's reading any books. Mm-hmm. There's a game store. I bet you there's some batteries somewhere in this giant, mastic, massive, magical no, mall. There are no, there are no batteries in the mall. There are lots of windows. You know, there's all the windows because every store has ex- exterior light coming through. Right. This is not how balls work. And like you know, get some batteries and some some no personal all video games Nothing. Sorry, you know, no. play some Mario Kart. Nope, no batteries at all. Not a battery to be found. So, the yeah. entire but the pharmacy is all out of batteries. Uh, the bookstore doesn't have. It. I worked for a bookstore, ladies and gentlemen. They had lots of batteries. Anyway, uh, it, no. So is... so they like pass out all this stuff and like everybody's placated for like five and whole minutes or whatever. And this is where this is where Jay has the football thing and the girl sits there and goes, "If I want your opinion, I'll, I'll if I'm date rape, I'll ask." And he throws the football and it bounces and it immediately you look over. And <laughs> Alex has Alex, it because Alex has like stepped in and like appeared to give him a meaningful look. Right. And then leave. And I looked at you and I went, I don't think she was actually there. He's gone mad. Yeah. Well, she picks up the football and really badly like tosses him at it. Tosses it at him. The way this actress moves, I, is, I find the way she physically moves through the world to be very odd. Mm-hmm. She's kind of hard to look at. Her, in terms of, I mean, the, I'm sure the young lady is a perfectly fine human being, but her character drives me nuts. Right. So... So basically, two things happen. One is you see them; the, they're having dinner in the loading dock. Yeah, and the little or lunch or or, or some or yeah, a, a a meal of some time because again, we don't know, we don't what, know what time, time it, is. it is. And the the little girl is like, you know, mom's her mom's like, you have to eat your food, and she goes, but it's so dark outside. These are not things that actually yeah. connect, but it's a little girl. She's scared of the dark, apparently, and. Alex, like, I let's go read my dad's children's book to you, and it'll make you feel better. And so, like, well, let's go to the bookstore. Meanwhile, the oh, yeah. t- these two go off. Let me say, the teenage girl and the child uh, are left to go. The teenage girl, whose potential, who's theoretically her rapist, 
is in the building. Right. And they're almost gone. They just let them go off. No adult goes with them. Dustin? No. <laughs> no. Would you let... No. No. Of course not. This is the, No parent would let this happen. This is so stupid. Let's go to the bookstore and come right back. Yeah. Or... But no, they don't. They sit there and they read the book. And they're reading the book. And meanwhile... The two guys from the... Uh, Dumb and uh, Dumber. Yeah. Decided to go reel the corpses back in. And so they get, they get a spear gun from somewhere. Uh, the sport, the, the the sporting goods store. Sure. Because the mall has a sporting goods store. Okay. And I confess that I have not... Now, admittedly, we're in the Midwest. Right. There is a shortage of spear fishing here in the Midwest. Doesn't happen a lot. But I can say that I've in the sporting goods stores I have been in, I have never actually noticed a spear gun. I right. could just not be looking for them. So anyway... Um, they are reeling the dead bodies in, and one of them gets stuck. So the big one, the big oaf, not the the little oaf, goes out to get the body and gets mangled by the mist. They do something really nasty happens to him, and his body comes flying back through and breaks through the glass like, with no skin. Yeah, it's. Like, I mean, this is an incredibly stupid thing that he does. Mm-hmm. It's on the list of, would you ever do this? And the answer no. is no. He does it anyway. And so at this point, there's a lot of screaming. And the little one, the little weasel, runs and goes, Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. And he, like, runs out of the store, like, runs through the bookstore and leaves the door. Well, the door's shattered. Right. And so he runs out and he knocks over Alex. And the little girl and Alex get separated, but then they find each other, but then they get separated again. And, like, he runs out of the doors of the, of the uh, bookstore and then closes them. And the whole bookstore fills up with the mist. Right. And as everyone runs up, you know, they're like seeing this room full of swirling fog mist. And the little girl comes up and she's like, you know, mommy. And and they're like, you can't let it open the door because the mist will get out. And of course, no, that didn't stop them from opening the exterior door to the building. Right. To let the, you know, by the way, um, architectural note, the kind of door that they use to do all this is a kind of door that is always 100% alarmed. That is not. That is an exterior yeah. door. That is one hundred percent. That's an that's an emergency exit. And anytime anyone would have opened that door, power or not, it would have set off an alarm. Just right. so you know. But no. Whatever. Yeah. Drives me crazy. So. So anyway, um, they they won't let the little girl out, and then this huge hulking mist shadow arrives, and like clamps its face. It clamps on the little girl's face. And, like, sucks the life out of her while her mother and everyone watches. And meanwhile, Alex is still stuck somewhere in the store. By the way, this scene is not remotely scary. Right. It is... It is... You feel bad because... Oh, oh God, they, they killed a little girl. Yeah. And, oh, mom, her mom's right there. That, that's awful. Mm-hmm. But it's not scary in any way, shape, or form. It should be scary. Right. So, anyway, uh, Alex comes across the, the mist monster. And there's a second where it, like, looks at her and... And it cuts away. Cuts away. But then she comes walking up to the doors. And they, like, of course they let her out. You know. And she's like, I just fought it. I fought it as hard as I could. But then later when they're having, like, a little impromptu funeral for the little girl. Which I'm so glad the mother had the little girl's headshot <laughs> in her wallet. Uh, like, it... Could like was the most st- staged photo. They took it at the same time they took the picture of the kid on the bike. Right. So like, right before they started that day's shooting. Right. <laughs> so um, she breaks down. Alex breaks down, and she says, "I didn't fight it. It came, and I stood there, and I waited for it to kill me, and it didn't. Why did it kill her and not me?" By the way, she does this right in front of the mother right. of the dead girl, who looks at her and goes. I'm gonna go. Yeah. And she goes back to the other group, and she's like, "I don't want to be with those people anymore." Alex is a lying little bitch, <laughs> right? Which okay, I understand. I, I I'm I'm a little torn by this mm-hmm. because and you shouldn't think too hard about it, right? Yeah. But you know, as a parent, I think that it would be. It'd be extremely hard to. Th- it's very hard to think about the loss of a child and to watch a child die in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I also don't believe 
that if I were if I were put in a situation where Trinity was eaten by a supernatural mist and uh, you know an obnoxious woman in her whiny teen, her daughter wasn't eaten by the supernatural mist. I don't know if I would be like it's automatically your fault. Like you're evil, you're you're bad now. I don't know that that doesn't coalesce with me. Well, that's because it's not it's not necessarily a completely it's not necessarily a situation you can't understand. Mm-hmm. And there, in the moments of grief, you can lash out that way. I can get it, but no, it doesn't make a lot of sense to blame her. Right. But what I want to know is how long has passed since the little girl was eaten by the mist monster? Mm-hmm. In between having the little ceremony. Because I'll tell you what, if my daughter was eaten by a monster formed of some sort of swirling black inky stuff inside a mist while the world seems to be coming to an end, it might be more than, say, 5, 10, 20, 30 minutes between when my child was consumed and we're having a memorial with a picture of her. This show has no sense of time. Right. And so... The idea, I just, I mean, it's, it seems like such a short period of time that we're sitting having this little memorial, except that doesn't make any sense. If you know anything about people, the people who wrote this show, mm-hmm. and they'd heard about people and human behavior, they have a book, and it says, this is how people act. And it was written by people who'd never met people. Or so I don't right. know what's going on here, because these guys just don't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And there's no sense of time and no sense of, this is not how you grieve. Right. This is not, I mean, you know, yes, of course, grieving is different for everybody, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, it's like, no, nobody does this. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, they're dead. Right. Here you go. I mean, it's not, let's, let's have a little memorial. This, this is not how people are. Nobody does this. So, then they look at the, uh, the little weasel gamer guy, and they're like, well... You gotta go. We've we've kind of decided that you're gonna have to go out of the mist now because you've endangered us all, and you got a little girl killed. And he's like, "You realize you're sentencing me to death, right?" And they're like, mm, yeah, "Yeah, kind of okay with that." And he's like, "I don't like you people." And they give him a few days of rations, and they give him a bat and a backpack, and they say, "Okay, bye." And he's I like, mean, "Well, fuck you too." Yeah, <laughs> and that's an actual quote. Right. And, and he he goes off into the mist. And the end of the second episode actually is we watch. Is that the is that where the with the little the the spiders in the yeah the spiders in the uh, the jar that that Mrs. Raven had them in, mm-hmm. and we see that there's there's many many baby spiders. Uh, so while the priest killed the one spider, there's many many little spiders to carry on the. I don't know, the spider legacy. <sighs> this show is so bad, you guys. Mm. It is just so bad. But it's pretty fun. It is pretty fun. It is it, More than anything, it's fun to look over at Dustin Moore watching the show and go, did he just say that stupid thing? And Dustin's like, yes. yes. It's like, no. Did, did, is that a human act- action? No. And it's just, oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah it's just wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. Uh, right. So... Two more episodes of The Mist Under Our Belt, Hate Watching mm. Continuing. We'll do it again next week. Yes, Because we, we are... Uh, um, <laughs> we, we're still waiting on Fear the Walking Dead to come back. And so we're going to abuse ourselves and you, dear listeners, mm-hmm. with more Hate Watching The Mist. Um, by the way, thank you so much, guys. We, we got some great comments uh, from people who seemed to appreciate what we had to say about our friend Dave last week. Um, uh, a lot of folks in Kansas City are still mourning our friend. There's a memorial service coming up in yeah. June um, where we're going to celebrate his life and celebrate his films and talk about a lot of things. But we do appreciate hearing some of the things, some of the comments that I got um, from people and a lot of the, some personal emails that were sent, messages that were sent to me uh, about about our friend. So thank you guys. We appreciate that. Um, we will, uh, well, we'll celebrate him. And that, that'll, that'll be a good yeah. thing to do. So. so we'll be back next week with more Zompocalypse Now, where we will celebrate terrible television. Yeah. And see, see, what see we how can, bad everybody gets to be? 
and hopefully people will die in terrible, interesting ways, right. eaten mm-hmm. by monsters, which is always really, you know, why yeah, we're here. Yeah, that's why we're, yeah. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you guys for listening. As always, find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter now, where Dustin did, did not live did not tweet. Live, but it wouldn't be really a live tweet. It would be a Netflix tweet. And I have heard from people yes. that they do not like those. I might actually try really? next okay. week. Uh, well, the people I heard it from was Molly, who got really mad at me because I had like live tweeted something that I was watching on Netflix while I was watching it. And she's like, no one else is watching this. You're just spamming the universe with your thoughts about a show that no one else is watching but you. On the other hand, if we actually label it as hate, hate watching, we mm-hmm. could have fun with it. Well, we'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe next we'll week. do it next week. We'll see. But um, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, iTunes uh, and podcast.com and Google, Google Play and all something. sorts of places <laughs> you can find us. Um, if you do listen to us on, on any of these places... If you could rate us, make leave us a comment, that would be great. It's always helpful. Um, but thank you guys for listening. As always, we appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week on the next Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is recorded and produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey. All rights reserved.